Crippled Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present bonus content. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey everybody, it's Andrew here. I am your disabled dicksmith, and I wanted to do an impromptu minisode because I just pulled up the Disability After Dark Gmail inbox. So that's disabilityafterdark at gmail.com where you can send your minisodes. And I realized that I had had a few minisodes from the last few months that I didn't actually get to. So there are a couple here that I want to do. They're all kind of all over the place with different topics and things. But I wanted to do one because we haven't done one for a while. And I wanted to really, I want to get us back into the swing of, of minisodes. And, um... I think on the episode that dropped yesterday, I said I wanted to hear your worst or best attendant care stories, so you can send your minisodes to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and when you do that, let me know your name, possibly your disability, and uh, the ways you want me to identify you during the email that I read. So... In a Minnesota, I'm going to read your emails back to you, and we're going to talk about it. That's what the Minnesota is. So let's get to that right now. One quick thing before I get to that. I realized that I want to do the Minnesota once a month on the 6th of every month. That gives you a month from today to send me in your Minnesota, your questions, your queries, your stories about things that I prompt you for, like your best or worst things that I'll give you. So I want to do it once a month on the 6th, and I got this idea from one of my other favorite podcasts, and that's why we drink. They talk about paranormal and ghost stuff, and I love them so much, and so I got this idea from them. Totally, I'm going to get it from them, but it's totally their idea. I want to do it once a month, so once a month I will read your emails back to you in a minisode like this, so that way we're not scrambling for different minisodes. We're going to do the minisodes once a month on the 6th of every month, so that's I'm just going to put that out there in the ether right now. But this means you need to flood the Disability After Dark Gmail inbox with your stories. I know you have them. I know they're out there, so send them in. But now let's get to the Minnesotes. Or the, the emails, rather. The, this is the Minnesota. Let's get to the emails in the Minnesota. So the other day on the socials for Disaft Dark Pod and my social, The Andrew Gerza, I put up a request for people to send me their worst traveling stories as people with disabilities for Minnesota. And I got uh, I got a bunch of stuff on social media, which I promptly lost and, and lost track of. So if you're going to send me your ideas when I put these calls out on social media, send, you send your stories immediately to the email box. I don't lose them because I definitely lost a bunch of cool important comments about your crappy disabled travel experiences which I would have loved to have read on the show so please send them in an email and I will make sure to have them that way but for this email my social media friend Sammy Ray Schwartz who's 28 and a phone sex operator hey emailed me and said I want to submit my travel my worst 
travel experience story for your Minnesota. Feel free to refer to me with my name and other any other info you'd like. And thank you so much for what you do. Well, thanks, Sammy. Let's get to your, your story. So Sammy says, Traveling with a disability is always stressful. My worst experience occurred before a long-haul flight when I had requested wheelchair assistance from the baggage drop to the plane due to a flare-up of my condition. Everything went up, everything went fine up until we reached the gate. The plane was parked far away from the gate, and a bus came to pick us up. My wheelchair assistant left me at the gate, assuring me someone else would help me from the bus to the plane. Oh, that's never good. Whenever someone says, okay, I'm going to just leave you right here during a travel thing and you're disabled, that always means they don't know what the fuck they're doing and <laughs> you should expect to be left there for quite some time. Um, and then Sammy says, although it was tough for me and the other and and the one other disabled passenger, an old man on crutches, to board the crowded bus without assistance, we managed. To our dismay, on the other side, there was a long, steep ramp of about 60 feet plus a long hallway to get to the door of the plane. When we asked the airline employee about our wheelchair assistance, she rudely said, you can't just ask for that here, you have to book for it ahead of time. Ugh, that happens so many times, where you ask for like disability assistance and somebody's a really rude, rude person to you, that's the worst. Seriously, airplane people or airline people, can you just be nicer about traveling please? Especially when you're dealing with individuals with disabilities. Please just be nicer, please. I'm going to I'm going to the UK in a week, and I'm terrified that we're gonna deal with so much, so so many rude airline attendants. It's gonna be I'm not even prepared for how scary that's gonna be. Um, Sammy continues, if you made it through the airport, oh, so the person says you can't just ask for that here. You have to book it ahead of time. If you made it through the airport, you'll manage here. When we explained we had booked it ahead of time and had received it up until the gate, she rolled her eyes and appeared not to believe us. With absolutely no sympathy, she kept repeating that they had not received any request for a wheelchair assistance and it was not available. If you don't request wheelchair assistance ahead of time, we cannot give it to you. That's not true. They can give it to you. They just have to get on their walkie-talkie and ask somebody to come and they can definitely give it to you. So she's wrong. Sammy continues, no other employees were on, the, were on ground level for us to speak with, so the poor old man and I struggled up the ramp an inch at a time while the rest of the passengers rushed by on either side. Oh, fuck, that's horrible when you're trying to get somewhere and, and people, especially, I find this happens a lot in airports, nobody pays attention to the fact that you're in, you may be in a mobility device or you may have a cane or you may need assistance, they just whiz by you and then if, you, if they hit you because they didn't pay attention, you're the bad person and that's absolutely horrible and happens to me all the time. By the time we reached the plane, huffing and puffing, everyone else had long since gotten to their seats. Not only was my body exhausted before the long flight started, but I felt so humiliated I could barely hold back the tears. That's why I'm always anxious about flying, even though I book assistance. You never know what surprises await you. Sammy, I have been there so many times myself. I was on a flight recently back from... I went with my mom to Newark in June, and they weren't listening to me to carry me properly on the flight. And I, I literally almost bit their heads off because I was worried about falling, and they didn't care. And I was... I remember also being near tears as my as I was trying to deplane the plane. So I, I, 
And I think so many disabled people also understand that and also have been there where you just want to scream, but you know you have to be, you have to hold a modicum of, of professionalism because you need their help right now. So I've been there and I, I just wish that that airline assistant had been kinder to you and I'm so sorry for that. Um, and yeah, the anxiety around traveling with a disability is very real and it, it can make it can make us not want to go anywhere, which makes us more isolated, which makes us feel sadder, which all those things. So I'm so sorry that happened to you, and I, I, I only wish good things for you on your next leg of travel, even though we both know that some shit's going to go down. But I'm here for you. I feel you, and I got you. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so we're going to shift gears here a little bit to... I also asked on Twitter a few months ago about people giving me their worst dating advice as a disabled person because I want to hear what people have been told and I got an email about that a few months ago which I which I just dug up in the D, in the disability after dark gmail inbox and I wanted to uh, to do it because I felt like I should so this comes from Shauna and Shauna says hi Andrew huge fan and Twitter follower I saw your request for experiences and this one in particular resonated with me Overall, the worst experience, sorry, overall, the worst advice I've gotten is that I should settle and be grateful someone is willing to be seen with me or be in a relationship with me. Whoa! Hang on. Somebody actually said to you that you should be grateful somebody is willing to be seen with you? What the fuck? That's horrible. I mean, I know that a lot of able-bodied people have these views deep in the, deep in the caverns of their brains. But I would hope that many of them would never say this, would never actually look you in the face and say out of their mouth holes that you should be lucky somebody is willing to be seen with you. Oh, wow, I'm so sorry that somebody would say that. Shauna continues, The implication is always that only weirdos are going to be interested in me, so I'm not allowed to have options about people I date. I should be grateful that anyone is willing to date me at all, especially, quote, normal people. While I expect crap from strangers on a reasonably regular basis, this attitude and advice has all too often come up from people who I had, until that point, considered friends and people I could trust. That's the hardest, too. We're used to this kind of ableism from strangers and from people who we'll never talk to ever again. But when, it, when this kind of stuff comes to us from individuals who, who we've bared our disabilities to and told our stories to and been and let into parts of our lives, it can hurt so much more when, when we realize that they are not immune to ableism. And I think we know no one is immune to ableism, ourselves included, but when we hear it parroted back to us as advice, it can really, really, really hurt. Shauna says, I've been told off for having high standards because I was disdainfully uninterested in men who were upfront about the fact that my size made that made me like a quote little girl to them and they wanted me and wanted me to call them daddy ew ew oh no that's so inappropriate now sidebar i'm all for somebody calling somebody daddy with consent in an in a fully equal adult sexual relationship but that feels really inappropriate and and 
kind of disgusting. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't agree with that, and that's wrong, and I'm sorry that people would suggest that for you. Shauna says, again, by people who I thought were better people than that. Breaking it off with somebody because we have differing levels of ambition with regards to what we want to achieve in life, I was told that I should be happy that I found love and not care that he had no desires other than watching old science fiction and living with too many cats he couldn't take care of. It's been a shit show through and through, mostly. Okay, I'm all about old science fiction and living with too many cats. That's my dream. But I understand that just because you're disabled doesn't mean you have to lie down and accept that as as part of your as as a dating option just because this person this person decided they wanted to date you if they if you're not compatible just because you're disabled doesn't mean you have to accept that so i'm so sorry that you've had to go through these things with friends and people that you trusted and people who don't fully understand what it means for you to be disabled and don't know how to to give advice that isn't super painful. If anyone ever tells me that I should should settle and be grateful for for being with somebody who's who's willing to be seen with me, I will run you over with my wheelchair. I'm telling you that right now. Shauna, thank you so much for your entry. Then this next one comes from a longtime listener of the show, Julia Elliott who says, Hi, Andrew. I've been, listening, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I would love the chance to chat with you. Well, Julia, I've turned your email into a minisode, so you're chatting with the whole Disability After Dark audience. Julia says, I'm 29. I'm a 29-year-old bisexual single mom with the vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. To pique your interest, I'm going to tell you about what happened to me this weekend. I am ready. Now, this weekend happened for you a few months ago, but still... I'm ready. What are you going to tell us? Julia says, On Sunday, I had planned to hook up with a guy I had met and hooked up with once before. We've been talking back and forth all week about the things that he wanted to do, that we wanted to do. In brackets, yay communication and planning ahead. For sure, planning ahead and communication is like the touchstone of the disability experience. Am I right? Um, So we've been talking back and forth all week about the things we wanted to do to each other, yay communication and planning ahead which included the discussion that we both really enjoy anal sex. Yeah! I, too, love anal sex, but I cannot bottom, so I love topping in an anal situation, but I really want to get fucked. This is like, if you've listened to the show, you know this is a dream of mine. I want to get fucked by somebody. I really, really want to. So, yeah, I'm all about it. So, Julia says, All week, though I was having some stomach pain and general GI issues, Sunday came, and I was so horny. I'd done all the prep I could. I was hydrated. I'd rested up the day before. I did everything I could to go to the bathroom, etc. No matter the possible consequences, I wanted to have sex. I have been there so many times where you're like, I don't care if something happens. I gotta get that D. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. So, Julia says, So we meet up, and we drive my minivan down to the railroad tracks before going at it we smoked a blunt we smoked a blunt of wedding cake i've had this strain many times before because it's great for pain but well we 
were smoking, I warned him it, it has a tendency to relax my muscles to the point where it can effectively paralyze me. Oh, shit! I don't do weed a lot because the, the few times where a sex worker has offered me some, a, 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 hint, a hit of a blunt or some weed, I get really intensely talkative and I kind of don't know what's happening and I get really floaty in a way for a disabled person for me anyway that isn't necessarily the most comfy cozy thing it's very, I don't I don't enjoy the feeling of being high and out of control so uh yeah I can imagine that you taking a, a hit of something that would effectively paralyze you is a little bit scary it would be scary for me for sure um so Julia says, but a little bit is great for getting me all loose and limber. So I had some, and then we started going at it. First me giving head, then doggy style, and then smooth as a whistle, he just pops himself in my ass. Whoa. I wish that somebody smooth as a whistle would pop themselves in my ass. That is like, again, a dream of mine come true. Um... Where are we now? Uh... <laughs> Pops himself in my ass. I was kind of shocked that it was so easy and thought that it must have been the weed. We rock out. I come. He comes. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Everybody comes. He pulls out and I turn around to see that his dick is dot 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 a mess. Oh. But he doesn't really seem phased by it. So I clean myself up with some baby wipes that I stash in the car. Good for you. Planning ahead. And also as a disabled person that needs to have their ass wiped, baby wipes, I can tell you that baby wipes are literally the shit. They're great. Everyone should have one all the time. So I clean myself up with some baby wipes that I stash in the car and then I clean him up. I figured it's my shit, so it's only fair. Oh, how nice of you. That's true love right there. We snuggle for a while and he starts getting hard again, so we go in for round two. This time, it's your standard P and V, and I'm, on my, on, and I'm on my back with my legs wrapped around his waist. It feels great. I start to come, and shit. I freeze, then stammer out an apology, so embarrassed. He pulls out and tells me it's okay, and then he turns his head and gives me a little space to take care of things. That's awesome, because I gotta tell you, as somebody with IBS, and as I've said on the show at least a few times now, I am terrified absolutely terrified of shitting on a partner or shitting when a partner's in the room or all of the all of the all of those things scare me in ways that I can't necessarily really explain but it's so awesome that he would be kind of comfortable so Julia says once I'm all cleaned up and we snuggle again and sit in silence for a bit finally I asked him what, what he wants to do and he kisses me and says I want to fuck the shit out of you. Well, I guess I already did, but still. <laughs> I love this guy. This guy's a keeper. Whoever this guy is, send him my way. I want to be his best friend. Um, Julia says, and he kisses me again, and we both finish round two. It was literally the best possible outcome to that scenario that I could have ever possibly imagined. Would most people react that way in that situation? I'm sure not. But afterwards, I just knew that I had to tell you that it's possible for your nightmare scenario to happen and for everything to be okay and even kind of hot. Wow, Julia, this is this was a perfect Minnesota email because I have been terrified of this 
for a while and to know that you found a partner that was okay with you shitting on them makes me feel still scared but a little better so and thank you so much for sharing the story it's great also the title of the email was your worst nightmare happened to me and it was actually okay and julia you're right that was my worst nightmare but julia thank you so much for submitting this All right, Disability After Dark listeners, that is the Minnesota. So that's where you send in an email about things I prompt you for, like your best or worst travel stories or your worst dating advice. Or you also can just send me an email about a funny disabled thing that happened to you. And we'll read it together on the air once a month, starting on the 6th of every month. So this is September 6th, so we'll have the next one on October 6th. And send me, like, send me your... Send me the attendance stories still, too. Send those along whenever you can. But also send along your... It'll be October, so send me, like, disabled Halloween stories. Let's do that. Or things... Or things about disability that scare you. You can, again, one more time, I'm going to harp on this. You can send it to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and flood the inbox because I love doing this part of the show and I haven't done it in a while and I absolutely love it. It gives me... It gives me show ideas. It gives me, like... A renewed sense of like joy for the show so just uh ju- please keep sending them in i love them and i will try to be, m- be more vigilant to to actually getting them out once a month so uh also because it's a minnesota and this is a whole bonus thing that i wasn't planning on doing today but here we are i want to let you know something really amazing and i got to tell you this because it's great people have been asking me for a very long time to make the show more accessible to the deaf and hard of hearing community. And on episode 153, I put a call out for people to volunteer their time to transcribe for the show. And I am so excited to tell you that I had that I had four emails this week from individuals telling me they wanted to be part of the transcription team. So I picked three and I told the fourth person that once we once the three people need if they need help I'll call on them but I want to thank those people because it's important they get recognition I want to thank Sydney Ashley Tarek and Sydney Ashley Tarek and there's a fourth person that I whose name escapes me and I am so sorry but to that fourth person to that fourth person, I know who you are, and thank you so much for agreeing to transcribe. This is great. This is amazing, and I am so appreciative of your willingness to volunteer your time for this. This will mean that the show is more accessible to other to people with other levels of disability and access needs. So I am looking for a place to put the transcripts. I'm wondering if I should do... Like put it put it beside the website. How do, I don't know how to do that, but I'm looking into that. But it's they're coming, and I'm so thankful. So just wanted to give that shout out to my transcription team. All of you are amazing. Thank you, thank you. Um, and this was the Minnesota. All right, let's shine a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. Another time. Uh, thanks for listening to Minnesota 26. Bye.